Ah, we're definitely recording. We're, we're definitely, definitely. Please, please say we're recording. Part two. Part two. Take two. Yeah. <laughs> we're just really professional. We just want to record it again. Yeah. Yeah. Um, in my head, that little meme gif video of the going, can I pet that doll? Can I pet that doll? And then I've got that circling around in my head. But like going up to the highest octave, which I will not, you know, gift on. today. Come on, Rose. But I can't stop doing it. And my friend Eric is the same. We're like, can I pet that doll? Can I pet that doll? Is a brilliant place sometimes. I, I literally, so how can I say that on a daily basis? Can I pet that dog? Can I pet that dog? Amazing. I've just realised I haven't put my headphones in. How rude. Oh, that's so rude. Sorry if the shoddy quality. I like to blame the headphones. It's probably just me. <laughs> but how are we, ladies? Fill me in. We are good. We moon calm down vibe i don't know a little something something full full moon was full mooning and it did its thing and it was a lot <laughs> it was brilliant full moon was mooning the, the moon, moon was mooning, mooning. The moon? full moon hangover mm -hmm. Ooh. i feel Ooh. it it's like when we say healing hangover yeah or healing doms I like that. Dom's is delayed onset muscle soreness and it's what you get after a nice hard session in the gym, like healing Dom's. Hello everyone and welcome to the Trauma Healing Queens podcast. I'm Bianca. I'm Rose. And I'm Tyra. And we are three trauma-informed coaches looking to help you explore the depths of healing, growth and empowerment. So whether you're a survivor, a supporter, or someone simply seeking understanding, join us on this journey towards unveiling the resilience within us all. So should we, should we go for this episode again? So listeners, full transparency. We recorded this episode last week and <laughs> it just didn't record. We went to iCloud heaven. I mean, yeah. iCloud heaven, <laughs> um, Zoom heaven, podcast heaven. Hey, heaven. It didn't go to hell, which is good. So, today's episode is all about precognitive trauma, womb trauma, birth trauma, collective trauma, and generational trauma. We are hitting on a few traumas today. Oh, so um, many traumas. Yeah. <laughs> like listening to that. Well, I think we kind of grouped. Um, like womb birth oh, well, and precognitive yeah. trauma together yeah this is one yeah um but actually i think at, from recording <laughs> last week actually there, there are separations for for each so womb yeah. trauma you know as it says on the tin is trauma experienced in the womb so it's when you're picking up on um the stresses that maybe mum is feeling or not even maybe stresses just experiences that mum is experiencing uh birth trauma this is really interesting, right? I really enjoyed talking about this actually, because it was interesting how we all went away and asked about our births to find mm -hmm. out a bit more. So, you know, I'm pretty confident that, you know, uh, people who've had children, uh, midwives, you know, they're all gonna be like, oh yeah, this is a thing, right? This is a thing. Um, and then precognitive trauma is anywhere between sort of naught and 18 months or to two years. So it's, what was it? Um, Tyra, you said something really lovely about this, which was it's when, oh, 
it's when the brain comes online yeah mm, so like yeah. Before, before the age of sort of two you can almost like it helped me visualize it but like the brain's almost like offline so the thing is is like you know you won't be able to think back to, you you won't have any cognitive memories of anything before the age of two but your nervous system will remember so if you what you have experienced before the age of two you might not be able to recall because it's only at about the age of two where the brain kind of comes online and this is where you know memories start being being stored and we can recall things and stuff but before um before this it's the nervous system that kind of absorbs everything that's going on um and I just felt like again with like like so many of these different types of traumas had no clue it even existed like literally I mm. had no idea that like womb trauma was even a thing and I were I remember when we were learning about it, I was like what are you telling me I could be traumatized before I was in, as a board yeah. yeah I thought that I thought that <laughs> Huh? Do it. How? Um, but it's just it's absolutely fascinating. And if anything, just makes me even more in awe of our bodies and you know their capabilities and how clever they really, really are. Um and this is that we're fun. adapting even in the womb, right? Mm, yeah. Freaking mad. Like mm. it's absolutely bro uh bro it blows my mind it blows my mind <laughs> right what um but I think this is where like even having chats if you are able to chat with your parents your your caregivers or anyone who was you know there at at your birth or kind of you know experienced your mother's pregnancy I think like just finding out more is absolutely fascinating because actually you know if the mother went through a really really stressful pregnancy you know, this can can leave an imprint, a, a trauma imprint on the infant, which again is just absolutely wild. You know, a, a child, say the mum, maybe it was like an emergency C-section or the mum was having a really, really stressful time. You know, that, that um, the cortisol in the mother's body mm. is, you know, increasing, increasing all the, all this stress. And what what that's is saying to the to the baby is, you know, this is a very stressful world you're about to go in. So already the baby that's being born is already kind of on high alert. It's like the um the analogy was like the hum of the um of the air conditioner, wasn't it? So it's almost mm, like yeah. just a background noise that you might not even be aware of. So if you're someone who maybe feels like you are just always operating at like there's just always a high level of anxiety but it's just something that you are it's just something you're used to um it's it's almost like that that background hum and you well I don't know I certainly didn't ever think that that might be because of you know the way that you came into this earth it's Mm. just it's crazy it's absolutely crazy I think it's I I think just us as humans and our desire to survive, we forget how strong it is, right? Mm-hmm. And this is like a great example of how it's it's starting from the very moment your nervous system is formed, mm-hmm. right? I suppose arguably that's why your nervous system is formed. But I think it's also just worth pointing out at this point, you know, Tyra and I both said this and B definitely agreed that we were like, what? You can be traumatized from as young as that? Like minus numbers, what the hell? <laughs> um, so, you know, there's nothing we can do about it. We can't go back and change it. And I'm, I'm pretty confident the people involved at the time, 
you know, had they had the knowledge and the tool set, they would, they would change things or I don't know, but we've got to just bear in mind, we can't go back and change it. It's just, it's just to explore and learn and be curious with. So yeah, we're know, not kind of... like doomsday, like everyone's fucked. <laughs> <laughs> fucked. <laughs> yeah, we, so... that's not, that's not the theme or genre of, of this podcast. Uh, <laughs> but, you know, we Absolutely. talked about going, going away and finding uh-huh. out, um, you know, a bit more about our birth stories. And I thought that was really cool to kind of maybe share with the listeners. So like, I know I was born with jaundice and I had to go under the lamp to, to basically sort me out. And I was a very long baby and I didn't fit in the, I think it's like a, tr- it's like a tray. It looks like a tray. I'm sure it's not. Well, the thing they weigh you in. Oh, that's brilliant! But no, like the, oh. the lamp bed. I don't know what it is. Like, oh, wonder. So where in- my incubator? Yeah, like it's yeah, it's like an incubator. Yeah, it's like yes, yes. Yeah. Um, <laughs> we'll get there in the end. Any any midwives that listen could that would be great. Uh, or anyone who's had a child, who who knows? Um, but I, you know, I was cramped. I didn't fit. Like I didn't and. I feel that, you know, okay, you know, uh, medieval torture, the the rack, where they kind of pull you and stretch you, like, honestly, that sounds like the idea of heaven to me, like, stretching and, like, properly, like, length, I love that, like, waking up in the morning and stretching, it's literally one of my favourite things to do, and I think when I asked about, like, you know, what happened when I was born, and I heard that, I was like, oh, I, I just wonder if those things are connected, right? I just wonder if that's something that I've adapted to do. So this is why we kind of bring these questions up. It's to explore, to be curious. So did you guys kind of have similar experiences when you found out what, you know, what happened at your birth? Other than the two greatest points, you know, ever, because you came into this world. The greatest <laughs> in history. <laughs> I, um, I, I found out that my mum had quite a stressful birth with me. So I was... Um, I too big to come out naturally so they were like oh okay yeah no you cannot have a natural birth um you have to have a c-section um and I actually ended up being early because my mum I can't remember if it was like her left or right side basically she got like cerebral palsy or what like I'm, I'm not quite yeah, yeah up on the details but like she basically the one side of her went totally numb and it was a bit like oh oh shit okay this is we need we need to do something so naturally like that's gonna be stressful um and again I don't I don't know if this is related at all but I find it quite interesting so I really hate feeling restricted like this it's like an innate thing I can't even describe it but literally like if we're lying in bed and Sahat like puts his leg on me the stress it's like instant it's like something clicks and I'm like panic or the thought of like wearing like tight clothing tight clothing or like layers like the thought of maybe wearing two coats I'm like <gasps> like do you remember in, um, in school where like kids used to mess this might have been just my school but they would like try fit as many jumpers as they on themselves as possible <laughs> I don't know that in my school I don't I don't recall no it. sorry <laughs> sorry Tyra <Tyrone. laughs> clearly that was like a growing up in Dubai thing maybe um, but yeah like so I guess that makes sense time. in the desert let's just put as many jumpers on as possible I remember that it was this one kid that did it and then he was like kind of obviously this is a podcast so people can't see this but like he couldn't like even move his arms and stuff and I was like stressed just looking at that like 
Mm. Oh no. It's like in and Friends, I, Joey, where he tries yeah. on Chandler's clothes. Mm. <laughs> yeah. But I wonder if that's like got anything to do with me just like literally not having enough space. And then my mum panicking and obviously feeling really stressed and just that whole again we'll probably never be able to actually know the answer to this right it's more mm-hmm. just kind of huh that's interesting and also um just my mum's side of the family like anxiety big tick like definitely so clearly runs in the family um so that's just been interesting to you know because obviously high stress the whole birthing thing and it's yeah I guess that comes down to like genetic genetic trauma no is there a trauma for that generational generational no that's the there we go we're going to talk about that one in a bit not not segueing yet Tyra (laughs) damn it damn it so guys I wanted to share something with you actually this week you know we've had we've had a week and I've had another therapy session with George good old George I have recognized actually that I often get this feeling of being trapped, mm-hmm. right? I get this like feeling of like, I'm trapped. Mm-hmm. And it's like a, uh, I'm like shaking in the camera. You cannot see this. And I've previously asked my mom before like about my birth and it was kind of, she didn't really give me enough details. I want to know more. Like I, I'm feeling like it could be something. Um, but yeah, no, it's, it's something that I'm exploring with my therapist, actually. And I I can't recall any memories of ever being trapped. But there's definitely like a something in my nervous system that, wow. that often feels like a trapping. Um. So, yeah, I think when I had this conversation with my mom, she, it was kind of like, I need more details. Mm-hmm. And it's not to like confirm anything or, you know, give me like validation for this trapped feeling that I'm, it's just like I'm curious and I'm trying to, you know, I, I want to know myself a bit better and it helps with the compassion, right? Oh, I, I think. And, um, and what we've said before in previous podcasts, like all trauma, well, most like you, your nervous system is adaptable. Like we can heal this stuff. So yeah. it's just kind of interesting. Like it fascinates me. I find it so intriguing. Please keep yeah, so updated. I'll let you know on my, uh, my trapped stories, trapped. <laughs> my trapped <laughs> stories, but no, with three sounds so, like a series. <laughs> the, yeah, the trapped stories. Um, and this is the thing I think with like precognitive trauma. So whether that's in the womb during birth or before you're you're two, it you know it's often unnoticed. You have no idea it's there. Yeah. Like you said, because it's like the re- refrigerator there's always been on. It's just it's underlying, and you just you live your it. life and you get used to it. it. Yeah. So it's I guess. You know, I'm at a point in my journey where I'm kind of like, I'm noticing all these things, mm. which is good and bad. Right? <laughs> Blessing time. and a curse this way. Yeah, Blessing it is. But good old George, he'll um, we'll have round two next week. So I can update you all on that. Shout out, George. Yeah. <laughs> Shout out all our therapists. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe. Oh, so Tyra, didn't you have a client that you did some healing work with and she went like right back? Yeah, so this was just fascinating, like absolutely fascinating. So I have a client who obviously she was aware. So she had a very, very, very traumatic. um, Her mother had a very, very traumatic birth and she was born very premature. I can't remember exactly um, how premature, but like, you know, she her her life was it was kind of like touch and go. Um, 
And we did a root cause therapy session. So kind of, you know, there, there were a lot of blocks coming up for her that have, you know, been stopping her from doing what she wants to do, you know, living the life that she wants to live. So we did a root cause therapy session, kind of looking more at the nervous system and kind of, well, you know, it's it's in the name, going to the root cause of this actual memory. So we, we kind of started the session and quite soon in, you know, her unconscious mind had said, you know, this was actually, um, it, it was after birth, but it was when she was still an infant. And we were working on the limiting belief of, um, I fear rejection or like rejection is scary. And so, so that's kind of what we went into the session thinking we were going to try unblock, like where, where did this fear of rejection come from? And her unconscious mind took her back to when she was, you know, tied up to tubes and everything and, and in an incubator. And, you know, obviously her mom wasn't allowed touch like having you know full-on contact and stuff mm. and her nervous system she had developed from from then she couldn't even cognitively form memories but her nervous system had kind of told her what you've, you've been rejected you know you've, wow. you've been rejected and she's taken that with her and oh I've got goosebumps like thinking it's about so it fascinating it's just so fascinating. And this is, you know, this was a block that has come up time and time again, but obviously because she couldn't freaking remember it. I find fascinating with the precognitive stuff is that obviously, you know, it's, it's happened before a time your brain's not switched on. Like Tara said, that part of your brain that makes and stores memories isn't there. Right. But it's stored in the body. And what happens is then when you get to a certain age and you can start self-reflecting, the imprints that are left in your body still create limiting beliefs. So mm-hmm. you're like, I have these beliefs. I have no freaking idea where they came from. And this is this is how it goes, right? It's yeah. powerful. Your, your, brain, your brain is, I guess your brain is always trying to make sense of the nervous system state that you're in, right? So if your nervous system is holding, there's some undigested stuff in your nervous system, you, of course your brain is going to kind of have a survival-based thinking pattern because it's it's all linked 100 percent fascinating should we move on to the next one because we have gone in on the we need one of your segues tara that's what that's what we need we went we didn't know we were ready my next one on my list is intergenerational trauma this always reminds me of that rat experiment poor rats poor mice they get a bit of a bum deal (laughs) so this is the cherry blossom one group of rats are given electric shocks through their feet and the experimenters what do we call researchers experimenters i mean yeah you weren't wrong (laughs) kind of right um the researchers so they would shock the rat's feet and they would also spray cherry blossom so they kind of like pavlov dog the the rats in that every time they then sprayed cherry blossom they expected pain so a lot of anxiety a lot of fear kind of came up for the rats so they did nothing more to these rats and let the rats breed and have babies And then they would spray cherry blossom and all of the rats, including the babies who had not experienced those electrical shocks, not experienced that pain, still reacted in exactly the same way, with fear, with anxiety. It's crazy. It's nuts, isn't it? I think like intergenerational trauma, like it highlights there's there's such a complex like interplay between genetics, environment, 
and behavioral patterns from your family like I think mm. there's a few things right that that, are... it's really similar to be I think you're the one who shared the video of uh oh, the fleas, in, the fleas in the jar yeah the fleas in the jar so they were um they put these fleas in a jar and obviously fleas can jump really 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 high and they put a lid on on the jar and obviously at, at the start the fleas were jumping the fleas were jumping and eventually like the fleas just stopped jumping even when they took the lid off they just didn't bother but then the the babies the babies of the fleas didn't even bother jumping either or if they did jump it wasn't that high it's just like this stuff actually blows my mind because mm-hmm. like things that you inherit like I don't know if you look at a picture of me and my brother we are literally it's like a running joke it's it's the same person just in like opposite like opposite gender it's really really freaky um and then you look at like my dad at the age that my brother is now twins and this is kind of stuff like this this like obvious stuff that you pass down but you forget about the like the (laughs) the not so lovely stuff like I find it really interesting so when my mum was about 18 19 she had a I don't think she was ever diagnosed with an eating disorder but she I think she kind of self-diagnosed and you know it, she was having a really shit time and I just find it really interesting that around about the same age I also again I was ne- I was never diagnosed but like very very disordered very disordered eating that's how my mum was able to spot. She literally called me out. She was like, I literally see you. I see what you're doing. Like, you don't don't even try this. And I was like, what? I don't know. What mm-hmm. do you mean? You're not throwing my lunch away. What? <laughs> <laughs> I'm being seen. I'm being seen. Yeah. Yeah. It's just crazy. But it is, it it? is it's, really it's and we know that genetics are a thing, right? That I mean, we we don't that's not needing to be proven here. It's we know things get passed on. And to know that it, it's on this kind of cellular level that trauma can also be passed on, it's another way to invite compassion in that there could be something here that you just haven't shined a light on yet. And hopefully with this, that, that maybe you can. And this is the thing, isn't it, with, with the way that, you know, things that have been passed down through the family, like, is it a survival adaptation? Mm. Is it? Probably was for maybe one we talk about this in with body image right mm. so like my my grandmother would have had to be in a certain way to get married because a married woman was better than a non-married woman whereas this generation is like no that's that's just not the case right so you know did i inherit some genetics from my nan because it was her survivor's instinct to get married so i think there's definitely there's got to be something in it right and again just be curious and exploring with this is mm-hmm. is the best way to be knowledge this is power interesting oh this is i'm just like this is so interesting like no, no. So interesting. like so many um so many chats that i have with clients especially like this is particularly around like food and, and dieting and stuff so often it starts with like my mum was always on a diet like mm-hmm. my mum always you know hated how she looked and and this and and it's like aha uh-huh. and I have so many clients who are like I'm breaking this cycle because it goes back to my mum and then my, my grandmother and everything and and I want to be the one breaking this cycle and I'm like oh you're mm-hmm. so good for that yeah so and good. this is it people only know what they know like the fleas in the jar they only know the jar 
So if you haven't explored this stuff, you know, I suppose you, it doesn't matter because you don't know. <laughs> this is the thing. Um, so it's only, I guess, when it starts maybe becoming like unhelpful or it's, you know, holding you back or you're just feeling a bit meh that I guess it's it's a path worth exploring. I just started looking because I think we said that we might even d- try and do this together. You know, purely research, guys, purely research for, for our listeners of doing like a past lives session. Yes. Yes. Sign yeah. me up. I think oh, that could be so cool. I'd love to be, be told that I'm like an Egyptian queen. Like I'm so <laughs> here for that. I think I could embody that. That's fine. That's mm. completely I feel okay. Like I resonate with that. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I think that's fine. Um, but I tell you what, I think we should definitely do that. And uh, you know, if we find someone who'd be happy to let us record, that could be really interesting for people. That'd be so cool. Obviously, I'm there'll be that. parts that that can't be kind of shown, but it'd be really cool. Really cool. I'm down. Excellent. Do <laughs> All right, and we'll kind of last last trauma of the day. <laughs> collective trauma did either of you two want to kind of is there anything you felt quite strongly that needs to be said about collective collective trauma I guess this this one brings me back to like COVID like I'm just thinking like of an example where we have as a group of people had to adapt in order to survive I think that really summarizes collective trauma like it's you're all kind of feeding off each other's nervous systems and you're all adapting to this way of life and <clears throat> because you're all the same again it can kind of go unnoticed it's one of those ones that you probably don't really know that it's there because it's it's all around and you're all kind of feeding off of each other and I think this is the thing like okay so go yeah what happens with the whole collective trauma thing is the the adap- the adaptations that we've had to make in order to survive actually then become a threat to our survival and I'm talking now of things like climate change and all the things that are happening in the world, right? Um, so actually, the way that we're living is becoming a, a threat. So we must heal. We must evolve. Otherwise, you, we're not going to go on for, forever. Do you know what yeah. I mean? We, we, need to, we need to evolve out of these survival-based behaviors. Because they're not actually serving us on a survival no. basis anymore. No, we don't, we don't need to do this anymore. Like, yeah. you know, it's becoming now you know unhelpful because we're our nervous systems are kind of in this state for everyday life yeah right I think so. I think COVID's the, probably one of the yeah. most recent uh well actually I suppose actually what what's going on you know with the Hamas group I mean that's that's affecting people right and I think you know the best way I someone explained collective trauma to me and we talked about that hum again. And if you've ever been to a sporting event, they always use that phrase as like, you know, the energy is electric here. Mm-hmm. You know the energy is different from walking into the, the stadium or wherever the sporting event is to being outside. It is different. There is a collective energy there. And so I think when we kind of recognize that, we can also recognize shared trauma. Mm-hmm. And COVID was definitely, definitely one of them um, going off to war. And something I thought of was that group collective trauma can also lead to group collective healing as well. Yeah, like it works both ways. And I think that that's pretty cool. Mm. Another thing I think we need to watch out for is actually like secondary traumatic stress, which can happen if we watch too much news. Oh, <laughs> you know what I mean? I so like watching, I. And I, I have a very sensitive nervous system, just, you know, 
putting it out there. I don't watch the news. No. Um, Same. My family like, how, why, why can't you, what were you doing? But you need to know what's going on in the world. And I'm like, literally like. <laughs> That's like a generational thing. nervous system like- can't take this. And, you know, because watching too much negative news, it can actually like make things worse for everyone. Mm. Because it can cause secondary traumatic stress, <laughs> which is like, you're not directly involved with the event, but you actually start feeling the symptoms of the trauma, but you're not, you're not there. Mm. right and you know as humans in survival we're only meant to be in packs of like a hundred a group of people are called are they a pack a pack of people (laughs) snack of jellyfish oh yes um, nancy (laughs) i'm gonna give you a little shout out yeah love that (laughs) so much i never knew a group of jellyfish were called a smack and i love it yeah i know i know a group of owls is a parliament and i feel that that was from covid quizzes that's oh, brilliant. I know that. The jellyfish one is cool though, right? That's so great. anyway, yeah. And um, this is, so a pack of people <laughs> watching the news can actually then start to feel this this trauma, but they're not actually there. Um, And as humans, we're not meant to be surrounded by that many people with that much stress for our nervous system. So yeah, no wonder why we've all had to adapt in a way to survive. <laughs> so really, really interesting. That. About, about watching the news. So I'm similar to you being very sensitive, sensitive nervous. Yeah, I, sensitive. I don't, I don't have like our TV. We don't actually have like normal TV. We've only got like apps. So it's very like, if we go to watch something, we're intentionally putting something on. We've got normal TV upstairs, but don't really use it. Um, But so, so, you know, I'm very used to, if something's kind of happening or really important, you know, of course, I'll hear about it because family will tell me or, or I'll, I'll, I'll see it eventually. But in terms of like tuning into the news, not something that I do. When I went home the other week, my parents have the news on in the morning and the TV kind of just stays on <laughs> background. Um, and then in the evening, it's on again. And it was really, really interesting. Like just I felt noticeably more stressed. Mm hmm back back at home and I remember the one morning like it was it was heavy like just everything that's going on in the world at the moment like it was heavy news and I remember like it was me my mum my dad and we kind of sat there and we were like oh I guess we've got to start the day then and it was just like everyone was like oh this is this is this is heavy stuff so like 100% we do like well this is human nature as well we feed off of, of each other's energy yeah I, I think the media is collective trauma. I really do. Yeah. All, all, all platforms. I think its intention was initially very good to, to spread news, to keep people informed. And now, you know, fear grips people. So the media use that. They know the only way to hold your attention is through fear, is to paralyze you with fear in some form. And so every intention is to do that. You know, how many times do we talk about clickbait? All right. Mm get drawn into a title, a snappy title, to be misled. It, that, that's just reinforcing distrust, confusion, questioning. That's, that's not regulated. I so they... it's, I, don't, I don't have news on at all. And I, when I work in the gym, no to the news. I, I, I actually try and turn it off. Yeah. It's not, like, it's give not. me deal or no deal any day. Yeah. Let's go. Yeah. And this is it. I think our culture is very much based on a trauma response. 
Yeah. Right? And it's just we're we're feeding off each other and it's like like we've said, it's becoming a threat. So um but, you know, we have a way the news yeah. off, everyone. Yeah, don't switch do the news off. Don't Stop do reading it. the papers. The last thing I just wanted to mention before we tap out is um under the collective trauma is like also racial trauma is another big one that I think we're gonna do a separate podcast about because yeah. doesn't it? Like that definitely brings some stuff up in the nervous system annoyingly obviously last week we got really stuck into that and actually I'm almost glad that we said let's create a separate episode for that because I think it does need a whole episode so that that will be coming for sure we've got a few offshoots from this episode we've got past lives (laughs) and also collective you know racial trauma um and how it's you know how it impacts our our jellyfishes team that segues me nicely into what our next episode will be on, which is the nervous system and trauma. How does trauma show up in the nervous system? How does it get stored? Why does it get stored? But also, what can you do about it? Lots of jellyfish chat. Lots oh, of jellyfish Definitely chat. one of my favourite topics. The nervous system is like, when you know about this, it's like a game changer, isn't it? When you can get to know your own nervous system. But um, yeah, yeah. to be continued. It's a, it's a more sciencey mm. approach to the safety episode that we did, right? Yeah. Let's go for that. Ladies, That's as fun. always, a pleasure. Until Good night. next time. See you later. Thank you so much for joining us today. We hope the conversation about trauma has shed some light on the shadows that so many of us carry. And if you haven't already, please subscribe, rate, and leave us a review. Join us again in our next episode as we continue to explore the diverse facets of trauma and resilience.